Hey guys, I'm your host Smita Kanturi and welcome to Journey Podcast, your weekly podcast on transformational journeys. Hello everybody, I have Antonio Myers with me. He says his autism is a super blessing. Antonio is a high school valedictorian, college graduate, world traveler, disability advocate. He is an unitarian universalist and a progressive liberal. He is about equal rights, human rights, civil and political rights, and economic, social, cultural rights. He also do a servant leadership, boundless optimism, and oneness or wholeness. Thank you for being on the show. Welcome to the show, Antonio. Thank you, Samantha. I appreciate this golden opportunity of positive enrichment. So thanks again. Thank you. Thank you. Please tell us your story, your journey, and what you are doing today. Why? Do you want to talk about your story to others, please? Well, I want to, I'll answer this briefly, then I'll get to the hard hitting matter. Um, I believe that sharing stories creates a global community of positive possibilities, as well as positive opportunities, because when you make it clear that you're with somebody that can help somebody to feel that healing can be real for them. And so I believe in helping people start their healing process because people help me to have start my own. Now I'm going to take my time with this, uh, uh, I was five when my life was negatively changed forever. Uh, Sorry about that. Yeah, uh, whew, uh, solo raped and gang raped. Um, when my, uh, um, bear with me. I'm in the moment. Uh, my mom and dad were on the job and a male um, so-called relative uh, initiated uh, evil spirits and adult female bodies to torture me. Um, domestic violence, uh, uh, all kinds of sex crimes against me, adult entertainment, at that, ooh, a lot of Pretty much what you see on trash TV, imagine it happening to you in person. Yeah, what's, I don't mean to make a pejorative term about tablet talk, so that's a term that people usually, some people call it, but a lot of um, shouting and uh, cussing out all, all drama. Yeah, that's the summary of it. I'm so sorry to hear that. You mentioned you were five year old when everything happened. 
is this like a series of events or is this like a one-time thing? Series. So how long were you there in, in that? How long were you living in that? Two years. Have you ever spoke about this to your parents? July 2014, I did. So you are just bearing everything by yourself for all the years. Trained trauma response. Not my fault against my will. Woo! Yeah. Are you okay? Uh, I can't I'm, say you are okay, but yeah, will you be able to continue talking? Uh, yes. Yes, I'm just at a point where I can feel all the sadness now because back then I was taught to numb all of the actual hurt. It's a typical, that's, I don't mean to say typical like nonchalant, but from what I learned in therapy, it's very normal to have for abusers to have, you know, to teach you to do the, you know, the happy, happy, joy, joy all the time so they can feel comfortable doing the unfathomable to people like us, you and I, I mean to say. I know what you're saying. I can relate to whatever you spoke just now. Yeah. Yep. Sometimes it is, it's, really hard for us to say those words or even to relive those things when we are explaining. Sometimes we don't feel anything as you just mentioned, like, yes, we just go numb. We don't feel yeah. anything. Yeah. And um, I s felt like a failure for many years, even though I was outwardly successful and innerly successful because of who I am and what you've known about me in our talks offline. But I, for the first time in my life this week, I feel like a success story. And I've been, I'm 27. You are going to be a success story from now on. Don't ever think you are a failure. See, for us coming out and even to own our story is the biggest thing. You are owning your story more than that you are actually like speaking about it to give the hope yeah. for other people that itself is like a big biggest success thank you smith I, I i have no words to express that sense of yeah just just thank you that's all i can say anytime i i told you like i gave you my number anytime you wanted just give me a call. I'll always be there to talk to you. I will definitely take up on your offer because even if even when PTSD doesn't act up, you'll still hear from me because I don't want to make it a whole. I always tell you soft stories, and I want you to hear my genuine excitement too. It's not about soft story. I mean, I know how you are feeling about it. Even when I wanted to open up my mouth, if I wanted to connect with somebody, that thing in our mind is like, okay, we are always crying. We have this sub story. We are never successful. All these things will keep on hit us. But trust me, we are the strongest people. 
we are the strongest people that we are able to survive all these things through the years we are able to stand up for ourselves today we are here sharing our stories on different platform to help others so yes you don't have to feel that you are telling me a soft story trust me so far that i spoke to you for all these things even offline conversation i never felt that you are giving me a soft story i saw a person with a tremendous strength with that incredible funny personality happy face so don't ever think that you are less than anybody thank you for helping me not be hard on myself cuz it's difficult not to cuz of what happened and i'm just glad that it's much easier than before thank you it will be easier every single day you going in the same way you don't have to worry about anybody anything yeah, i appreciate you so yeah. tell tell us about your education like you are a valedictorian student how did you do that well i had a well i still speak in my grandma's present sense cuz that was the biggest relationship that helped me survive everything i just said and she helped me even though i never told her um conversation with her um school in her home was heaven on earth to me everywhere else is pretty much hell um i have people who become like family and people like yourself who don't quit on me that's exactly why i didn't i never quit on me i had a community that said keep keep going in the right direction when and we're going to you know go with you continuously in this direction and i i had this natural fortitude some things about the beauty of my life are unexplainable i can say is nature had a lot to do with it community um people encouraging my gifts I pretty much knew a lot of my gifts by the time I was 10, my first decade of life. And I had more people over the years just working with me on life skills that were already in me. They helped harness it because it's much easier for them to do it because I kept harnessing it in myself first. Mm. So that is and I hope that answers your question. Mm. Mm. you were very good with education and you had a very beautiful relationship with your grandmom yes can you tell us like the happiest moments that you had with your grandmom um she taught me how to treat women mhm during a time where when i was away from her women were not treated well at all so her teaching me that was it felt like a an indescribable lifesaver Um, she would cook for me. No. Yes, I've had to be morally successful without her um physical presence and that's another grieving process that I go through. Um yeah, just dance with her, you know, she didn't have the best ankle condition. So, that was fun, you know. Yeah, you know. Um from her? Huh? Did you learn any cooking from her? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um I can make steaks. So. Oh, wow. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and you know, 
her I don't I can't use any language about her that is that talks about death I like deceased I just can't use that because there's this uh closeness she's like a mom to me we established that before she transitioned when I was seven she transitioned around the same time the abuse was about to Ooh, physically in so um her her first and i hate saying this but so people understand her first, first funeral was the first one i ever attended so yeah, yeah. but happy moments because i want to really have more happy moments to share um laughter smiling mm-hmm. swapping stories about life and how to live it, how not to live it, and help, you know, she helped me with, you know, learning what the Christian faith is, even though, because I recently have to confess, I recently left the Christian church um, because of how survivors are treated. That was the biggest reason. There's so many other reasons, but that's number one. And I decided to be Christ-like without Christianity, basically ethical and moral, but you don't need a system of piety to be that. I discovered that when I was younger, meeting agnostics and atheists, and they were lovely people. So I've always felt that way since then. But yeah, a lot of happy memories. Last of now, then you can ask another question. A lot of goofiness is to sum it up. A lot of playfulness, a lot of friendly, witty banter. Her sarcasm was funny. And I just knew she was no nonsense. She didn't have to tell me. You know, people, when you get a vibe from them, there's certain things you don't need to explain. <laughs> so what what is the biggest life lesson that you have learned from her, apart from she teaching you how to treat women right? Is there any biggest life lesson that you have learned? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I learned protect women with them. Notice I said protect women with them because a lot of people think women are helpless. No, protect them with them. They shouldn't have to protect themselves by themselves. And no objectification. Mm. Right? So... She said it without saying she had to be age appropriate, but when I think back to what I know now as an adult, I said, oh, she she meant that. She just put it in kid language. So, yeah, no objection and mutual protection. So is that where your introduction, where you gave me about uh, oneness, equality, all these things came from? Is that the roots? Yes, and thank you for having the brilliance to fix, to pull that. Thank you. I appreciate that. Of course. I mean, when I hear your introduction, sorry, when I was saying your introduction, I'd heard that you work or like you are all about equal rights, human rights, and all these things. And also like boundless optimism, I can definitely see that with you and the oneness or wholeness. When uh-huh. you're thinking about your grandma, I can see that happiness in your face and I can relate to where you are coming from for all these things. Thank you. Yes. 
Absolutely beautiful. So tell us more about like why, what is this about like oneness or wholeness that you are talking about? It's like if I see that you have the right to joy, then I will respect your right to joy, which means I have to treat you with joyfulness because if I sense it in myself and then I have to sense it in you, one, you will get the best treatment out of me. And the flip side is also true. You won't get the worst treatment from me either. So mm. if I see you have a family, you have friends, you have the right to get paid for legal work, you have the right to get awesome pay for your work, How, however you define it, that's your progress. And you have the right to your relationships, your dreams, your purpose. I sense it in me and I sense them in you. That means that I am obligated for all the morally right reasons to honor your triggers and sensibilities and sensitivities. And I have to honor them in me too. And you have to honor them in me too and see the same things in me too. So we're not much different. People say different is a lot. We don't have much of them. We, we get hungry, we eat. We get thirsty, we drink, we get tired, we go to sleep. I, I don't know why we obsess with our differences in our society because there's way more similarities than anything else. I believe you also do a podcast, right? You are hosting a podcast yourself. Yes, I do. So yes, tell about what your podcast is about. I talk about each and every subject. Um, I talk about human rights and being whole and sensitive subjects and experiences from my life, other people's stories and articles I find, credible information. Yeah, it's for adults because it tends to touch on things that people say, shh, yeah. And I don't, I can't always keep my language clean because I've been through too much pure hell. That's the truth. I can't. It's not realistic. I, and in therapy, I learned the appropriate times for swearing. So, yep. So, in your podcast, when you mentioned that you are covering all sort of topics, what is the closest to so topics that you feel to yourself? You meaning that my the topics I tend to do the most? No, the closest topic when you are discussing with somebody, what is that that touches you really and feel like? yes, I need to talk about this more, or like I wanted to learn about this more. What kind of a topic that touches you a lot? The issues of dehumanization and religion. Mm. Yeah, those are the biggest experiences I've ever had in life. And no, it's obvious I'm not a religious bigot, but, you know, for audience sake, I'm not. It's just that I didn't have the best experience with it because... There were a lot, I found out a lot of disturbing things that weren't dealt with by many in church and no church person ever told me the, you know, the trauma issues. So that did a number on the faith I had at the time. Mm -hmm. So when you're a survivor, you usually don't have the best experiences with religion based on research and talking to other survivors. I 
It was painful homework I had to do. Even though, I'll be honest, I don't go to church, but the trust and faith I have on God is the church, these places are like the people that are showing up there may not be always helpful, but at the same time, like, I mean, if we, if we are not interested to be there, we are not interested. It's that simple. Yeah, to clarify something, I have my views fluctuate on God every day mm. because that's what happens in post-traumatic stress. There's a roller coaster fluctuation. You don't know where it's going to be that day. Um, I, I, I try my best to hope in God. At the same time, sometimes I love God. Sometimes I get so fed up with post-traumatic stress, I go, I'd rather not with you. And other times I'm like, I have no idea. I don't know. It's, it's not, uh, yeah, yeah, you I understand. Time. Hmm? I get it. Thank you. Mm. Apart from your religious beliefs, you mentioned that you are more believer in humanity. Yeah, because it's easier for me not to doubt that. What does that mean to you? Like, what do you do for it? And what does that mean to you? Because I've witnessed kindness and embodied kindness in so many scenarios i just think well i know that being a good um a good spirit i never doubt that i never question that i have no skepticism of that i know for certain always that's how you're supposed to live so i'm like you know what that helps me to that's one of the big ways that I stay in the solid ground of being humane. Mm. At least I have things I can never doubt, which I'm grateful for. And humanity is and being humane to humanity is one of them. Gotcha. That's good. Apart from your grandma, is there anybody that is supporting you throughout this journey? Do you feel any connection with anybody? Uh, my uh, people have become like my family recently over Audrey. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes, one lady and uh, and then I have a best friend from college mm -hmm. who's like a sister to me and many others. Awesome, awesome. What kind and, of support that you have? Hmm? Sorry, go ahead. You were able to say something. And I can honestly say that you're one of them. I didn't want to leave you hanging, so I give you Thank that you. kudos. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> what kind of a support that you have or like do you expect from these people? Just complete honesty about my moods. Because I laugh a lot because I'm honest. I can say I feel depressed and the more we talk, the depression for that moment just naturally just scales mm. down and all of a sudden this inner child just, and I get bubbly and jokey. Because mm. I'm honest, when you're honest, when you're true to your mood, the notions you really want to feel will come. When you force it, they won't come. 
So whenever these kind of things trigger to you, what is the practice that you have with you to come out of them? I dance, I listen to music, I write. Mm -hmm. I actually write letters to my grandma to help me cope. Uh, and more importantly, manage. I manage more than cope. Um, I, and the difference between managing and coping is more of trying to survive. I'm past survival. I'm like, no, I'm thriving. Mm. Yeah. And it, in writing letters to those who have gone on is a helpful activity for grief and healing. I did my research. I was like, you know what? I need that. So I've been doing that since January. And another thing I do is I watch comedies, movies, documentaries, things that positively stimulate my mind, positive consumption. I'm re I recently stay, stay away from a lot of the news and mm. clicks and sound bites and the infighting you see in, the, in a lot of media platforms that triggers me. So I said, nope, not going to do that. So I stay away from it. Lastly, I just I think about my dreams, my career aspirations. I'm like, no, I have a future and that will not be thwarted. Now that you talk about career aspirations, what is that? Uh, to keep doing more like this, uh, to keep having good opportunities for myself. Like I want to be a social entrepreneur, you know, a person who uses entrepreneurship to help resolve humanity's issues. And I want to keep being a servant to people in every way that I should, you know, you know, for abused people like us the most and those on the bottom. Um, I want to write about, you know, the, my deepest thoughts and publish them and Hopefully I can uh, run a company one day that caters to helping people through resolving like social issues, those kind of matters. And I just want to be me in every way that any healthy avenue takes me. Hmm. That's, that's lovely. That's lovely. Thank you. So what is the reason that you started your podcast? Lots of encouragement, and as you can tell how I'm speaking, me speaking so articulately, and me speaking with a lot of wisdom, a lot of people picked up on it. I picked up on it after my self-reflection, and at first I was scared to do it. I was scared to do it because it's like, but I'm good. I am too. Okay, thank you. I'm scared. <laughs> thank you. I was like, let's see, I'm black. Who wants to listen to a black person? <laughs> I'm just keeping it real here in security. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I know what you're saying. Keep going. I'm like, I'm autistic. I'm not neurotypical. Who wants to hear from a person in special education? That and I was tortured as a kid. Who who who'd be blessed by that? Shouldn't I just be quiet? And then my friends, especially one of my, my barber, he's like, you gotta do it. Other people need you. They need to be blessed by you. Do it, man. Do it. Do it. 
for like four weeks straight, he kept lovingly threatening me. (laughs) (laughs) And then I did it. And I'm glad I've been glad about it ever since. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you have your parents in your life still? Yeah. 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 Now I'm working on moving out of their home as we're speaking. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm in their home right now, but we're trying to get me housing programs and jobs. So it's about that time. Okay. Okay. So what is that you wanted to do by telling your story to other people? I do more than talk because I like to do like partner up organizations that think just like me on these things. Mm -hmm. And I don't like to just talk. I like to be active, get my hands mm. involved. Because I, I like I want to do this long term. I'm not just one of those say some things and then go. No, I'm like say some things, we network, we do stuff together. Even if we don't get all the results we want, we don't let up. That's how my mind works. I come mm. from a family that thinks that way and I think that way too. So if, if somebody asks you, like, or like give you two minutes and t- ask you, what is your message that you wanted to pass on? So what could be your message? That you can have a soul family, even if your family failed you. They are, yeah. yeah. And that there are people out there that are more than just positive replacements, but more importantly, you will never have to ask them nor demand them to play the healthy roles in your life that they're supposed to play. Mm-hmm. So you, if I can interpret that in a bit, you are mentioning that there shouldn't be expectations too much. Right, like, like you and I are friends. I don't have to ask you to please be a healthy friend to me, Smitha. Do it. Do so, it now. <laughs> you know, you you're, you already have that mindset. That's what I was absolutely. trying to tell the audience. That, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, without expectations, just be a good friend or like, yeah, be with the other person so that we can share the same journey. And yeah. You, yep. Yeah, you simplified it quite well. <laughs> <laughs> Because I feel the same way. So too much expecting from the other person. You never know what their mindset or mood or like where they are in their life. Right. If, yes. Don't have that expectations. Be there with them. Yes. Present. And then yes, go with it. Yeah. And then I want to share my whole story because there's so many people that need to hear this. I was considered a lifeless vegetable by the DC public school systems because I didn't talk when they said I should talk. They said, I, I, thank you, thank you. I could tell by your face, thank you. Um, that they were like, well, he's not talking to strangers, but my parents said, don't do it. So you're harshly criticizing me because I'm being the good compliant toddler I am to my mom and dad, really? And then they had this sense of pervasive developmental disorder that was considered autism back then. Mm-hmm. I was two, two. 
Right. And then at four, they're like, well, you're still not moving those lips. And I mean to be funny, but it's just really ridiculous. Um, well, you're not, you're still not talking. So, um, yeah, there's no hope for you. So I had to deal with that. And my parents and educational experts sued the, the ignorant experts and they had to pay for my private education, special education until my high school valedictorian day. Wow, 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 wow. You should have taken that valedictorian certificate or like your graduation thing and then go back to the these experts and tell them like, Am I? Am I really this? <laughs> yeah, so many people have told me that, so that's a good sign. <laughs> Absolutely, right? See, I mean, the people who gave you that label should understand that's not true. Right. Yes, because who's the arbiter of, okay, you're functioning when I tell you to function. It's, you've never heard of diversity. That's what I'm saying to them. You've never heard of people have different ways of doing things at their own time when they are ready. How dare you consider me a deficiency? Whatever that means for them. Maybe they are deficient of something. You know what? I'm, let's go with that. Thank you. Let's go with that. <laughs> this is the part where I have to share my accomplishments. Um, let's see. We already covered a college graduate, high school valedictorian, a disability services designated provider in DC, two-time commencement speaker, the 14 and 23. I could type 50 words for middle and middle school. Uh, as a seventh grader, I could read at 12th grade reading level. And they gave me all these kinds of labels like math and speech, but I was the highest performing math student all my classes. I got an English award, a chemistry award, even though science was pretty rough. I was able to be the best at it. Uh, let's see, first in my family to graduate three and a half years in school. I went to Italy, Croatia, Slovenia, London, England. Um, hmm. Let's see, I was I was the peacemaker in my school, so even the adults would get me to calm things down with the other kids. Uh, seventh grade secretary, eighth grade president, uh, cashier at my middle school, southern root beer folks, and root beer folks in sixth grade. And in the sixth grade, I won my cursive crown award for cursive because I saw another classmate get it. And I said, "Count me in. I want it," and got it on my very first try. And I won oratorical contest. What is that you are not? Thank and you. I, I don't understand why you are labeled that you are different. Maybe you are different after all with all these achievements. Oh, so you're saying difference is a plus and not a minus. Yes, of course, right? <laughs> okay, thank you for tuning in. And you can find me on all the socials at Smitha Gunturi and the show notes for any resources mentioned. See you next week. Take care.